My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a 50-year-old grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling and on social media I found so many women, inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you, so let's celebrate and firmly place a spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. So welcome back to another episode of Out of the Bubble podcast. My name is Rachel Peru and today I'm going to be joined by Caroline Gray. Caroline is another lady that I've met on social media through Facebook and she has really quite a story to tell about overcoming some huge life hurdles again at age 39 she lost everything and how do you pick yourself up and stay positive and rebuild your life and um, to now living a life in her 50s that she's absolutely loving and is fulfilling dreams that she had as a young girl at 16 she's now doing it so i'm really looking forward to listening to her story and her inspiration to you all to prove that it's never too late and no matter how difficult times can be um there is a way through it so um grab a coffee and sit back and enjoy so good morning caroline thank you so hello. much for joining me hello there how nice to meet you me. another yet yeah, another connection that i've met through social media through facebook hmm. Um, and there's so many like-minded women out there that, that have got so many fantastic connections. I love it. It's really, really great to connect with people. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think it's also a little bit to do with our 40s and 50s age. I think we, um, I think there's a real benefit of being a teenager in the 80s. Um, yeah. I do think that we, because we still had a lot to um, prove and break through the ceiling and we were still it, 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 it might be hard for people to understand and girls in their 20s now that in the 80s we were still not allowed to do certain things mm. being girls and stuff so we were like the ones going there and then we kind of kind of disappeared our generation disappeared and i think it's now our time to come on come back you know we've been there done it now absolutely and, um, and we're not going anywhere and i think for me and you may feel it a little bit as well is like you kind of um you did start to feel a little bit more invisible as you got older. I'm like, hang on a minute, I'm still here, I'm still relevant, I've still got a lot to do, and I've done a lot. You know, some good, some bad, but I've done a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> so, life experiences. Yeah, so, yeah. so it was really appealing, you're a podcast, you know, what your all wise types of women from different walks of life, but it's still that champion women, and come on, you know, we've still got a lot to offer. And Definitely. A lot to do. Yeah, that's a big link there there you go <laughs> society kind of likes to tell us that we haven't so it's great to keep pushing hmm. those boundaries and it does feel like there's a real army of women out there that are kind of 40 and above that yeah. are determined to make sure they are visible which is fantastic and yeah long may it continue so for people that don't know anything about you Karen how do you describe yourself oh that's a good question how do I describe myself I'm a positive person I'm definitely I'm an Aries I'm a doer and a positive person and um I'm a trier definitely a trier. My husband says trying, but I'm definitely a trier. And I'm one of these people that give it a go uh, and try, you know, and just do your best and things like that, no matter what it throws at you. Um, a bit zany, I've been told, a little bit quirky, a little bit Marmite, um, very Marmite actually. Yeah, hey ho. And I own that now. I remember like, it's probably come up about 10 years ago, wasn't it? That advert about Marmite love or hate. Yeah. And my friends and people I knew started to refer to me. And at first I was like, oh. And I thought, actually, oh, I'm going to own that. I quite like that, actually. Yeah. I love my mic, by the way. I love my mic. But the phrase of it, 
um yeah so that a good friend um i'll always try to be yeah try and be there for people and stuff but you know but overall just you know just get on with it just get on with it whatever really throws at you even if you don't want to do it just do it to your best ability i'm that type of person you know and that's that's it really that's fabulous and yeah and, and yeah. the fact that you're only do you think because I, I feel the same now do you think that as you've got older it's been easier to own that kind of not worry about what other people think about you because you can't please everybody definitely definitely and i think you know it's also important to think when you get a little bit upset sometimes that uh, um people don't like what you do don't like you don't like things you've got to i think instead of getting upset about it because it happens you've got to remember you also don't like some people you also don't like what other people do and i think that also helps that sometimes instead of getting upset like oh they took it the wrong way or why don't they like me you know i'm, I'm like another friend yeah. of that well and I think, well, actually, to be honest, there are people I don't like and things I don't like. You know, and I think once you change your mindset into things and and look at it from the other person's point of view or the way other, and remember, actually, you are actually the same, mm. you know, and, you know, and I do think that does come with age. Yeah. And I do think with age, it but other things come, like you will say no, mm. I think, because I was a great yes person. To yeah, me too. About 40. I was absolutely... You know, partly because I didn't want to miss opportunities. Well, one reason I really didn't want to miss opportunities because I'm a great believer if it's offered, do it. But also, you just don't want to, again, going back to upsetting people and didn't want people to think ill of you if you said no to something and stuff like that. So I think that comes with age. But I do think it's an age thing. So even if 20 year olds are watching this and they're thinking, I want to change, you can still change those. But I do still think it does come a little bit with age yeah. and um, going through experiences that add not to say there's certain things you could still change younger and have a different mindset on things but that's that's why i look at it yeah, yeah. And let's you know where do we start with your life experiences because you have <laughs> had a roller coaster of a ride i mean i know we've got lots in common you started modeling at 17 so you you I went did. into it young didn't you i did i did and i unlike you starting later and it's fantastic to see a lady older and having the most brilliant career i had to kind of stop at 24 mm. um we're talking the 80s still 80s yeah. 90s so it's amazing and it's fantastic. And that alone proves there has been some shifts in society towards women, mm. you know, of age, size, because, you know, when I was modeling, you still, the certain size you couldn't, you know, you still had to be a reasonable size. And, yeah. you know, there's still, there was still that pressure. And also I got to the point at 24, going to auditions, 23, about 23, because I set up my first business at 24, 23. And I was going into auditions thinking, oh, that was me. I was that young. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm not, you know, I can't compete with these 16 year olds that I was once that 16 year old. And I'm thinking, actually, do I want to? I've done it. And I was very lucky, I think, because there was no such thing, that I was a model in the 80s. And my goodness, did we have a blast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, had, yeah. we had a blast. I mean, we, you know, we used to have not just a job, it was still hard work, as you know, people, people who've never, seen modeling or never been involved do think it's quite cushy but you know and i it's know, not as glamorous as people think it's not <laughs> you know a february swimsuits shot is not yeah. glamorous when you're the one in the sea no and you know and and the positions i mean they look fantastic sometimes when you look at position in a magazine but to get your body in that position yeah. is quite, and hold it yeah you know so there's all that to it so but i got to 24 and i was like i'd done it I was lucky I was done it and we were heading for a recession it was early 90s by now mm. and there was a lot of companies that were backing off hiring girls and 
and I hate to say it, we used to get everything paid for, everything, mm. hotels, everything. And there was a little bit of like, not quite as much as I want to get out of bed for £10,000. But I got to the point where actually, I'm not doing a job, but they're not paying my expenses. I've got so used to that, not in an arrogant way, but then you had to realise that would eat into your income. Yeah. You know, and, and as you know, modelling is like, you know, January, February, not March, August, yeah. not March. Yeah. So a, a modeling, even though like you was full time, I was full time. It was still virtually say a nine month earner yeah. realistically, yeah. you know, um, and without the guarantees, without that financial exactly. security. You know, I mean, how many times have you got second of Jan, you open yeah. your diary completely Nothing. back the whole yeah. year yeah. and you're like, I can't wear. <laughs> and then somehow by mid of Feb, you can't fit anything else in. Mm. You, you get used to it. So it was a bit like that, but also it was a little bit of like, I've always um, like challenging myself. I mean, the modelling was a challenge. I mean, I come from like, I came from a council estate in Tunbridge Wells and suddenly ended up in London modelling mm. at some big places. I don't happen to girls like me, yeah. but because I put myself out there and went for it, I did it, you know, and I had this real thing about London, uh, London Bridge and Charing Cross Station. And I used to think as I came into Charing Cross Station, as I went over the Thames, just as I went over, I was just Caroline from Tunbridge Wells, you know, mum and dad cleaners whatever mm. but once I got to Charing Cross I was then the London model and it was interesting and also it was interesting because lots of my friends did say why don't you come and live in London with us why don't you have the whole come you know and I was actually no I need to keep my feet on the ground and I needed that over the cross the bridge mm. I needed at night and you know what how glamorous it is sometimes yeah. and how fantastic it is and there is a bubble around it yeah. and there is like you can get a bit carried away but I needed that yeah, I'm having a blast. I, I wouldn't swap it for the world. But to go over that bridge, to go back to somebody else, just to be Caroline, I think kept me yeah. level compared to some what happened to some of my friends. Mm. So I was good. And 80s were still very heady days, you know. Yes. And, and it was a case of like, I suppose people thinking I couldn't do anything else. And then some, and it was becoming the recession and I saw that my work was going to slowly dry up more. Mm. Um, for lots of reasons getting older all that business and I thought right I'll set up my own business simple as that you know you know and I thought right what can I do I left school at 16 and went virtually straight into modeling so I didn't have any academic career then mm. I can cook because my mum can't I can cook <laughs> and I just thought and I, there was an empty shop in a row of shops where I lived and I thought and it was a pizza place but it'd been closed for two years and I thought I'll open a proper cafe I was 24, no business experience, no family business experience, no one in business. And I just thought, and I had obviously my money and I thought, um, you know, cause I, I was lucky to earn well and I'd put away and I thought, right. So what am I going to do with this money? I can't just sit around waiting. I need to invest it. So I thought just literally, I just went, do you know what? I'm going to open up a cafe down the road. <laughs> and it was like, that. yeah, that, that's me. That's me. Yeah. This has happened a number of times in my life. And everyone's like, yeah, right. You've never done that. I went, no, no, I haven't. And I tell you what, okay, this was 1991. The estate agent wouldn't talk to me. The landlord wouldn't talk to me. So you get a solicitor, they took the mick out of me because I was 24-year-old, ex-bimbo, to be honest. Mm. And that's what people thought. And in fact, it, I, I think that's changed as well. But when I was modelling in the 80s, it was still very much a thing. And I used to introduce myself. People go, oh, what did you do? And I go, oh, I'm a bimbo. And they go, why did you say that? I said, because if I said model, you'd think that. And they would go, that was bright. And mm. I actually confident and people's change their attitude quite quickly with me because I'd say that because yeah. I knew if I said to my model that I know what was going in their heads. So mm. you must well say it. Mm. And actually it broke the ice a number of times with a lot of people. 
you know. And, and so I just went, okay, I had to persuade the landlord. Um, it was all my own money as well. Didn't any bank loans, nothing like that. It was completely on my own money. And um, he, he reluctantly agreed. He had a number of clauses in his contract with me that I managed to persuade him not to have that he wanted because he was so nervous and it took my time to persuade him not to have, I wouldn't take it on. Mm. So I did, I took it on and, um, and I had health for six months by the local traders. Oh, they, really? Oh, they were so anti me. It was the most unbelievable experience in my life. It was an empty shop in a row of shops. There was a few. Yes, I appreciate we're going into a recession at the time. It was the early nineties recession. And I know mm-hmm. the other businesses there were suffering. But it was a row of shots where a lot of the businesses have been there many years. Some mm. were like inherited businesses like their fathers yeah. had a baker before and stuff like that. But I, the, um, and virtually all of them were owned by men. Mm. That's quite significant. Mm. Yeah. And they had a campaign, <laughs> genuine, this is genuine, not to use my shop wow. because I wouldn't be there in six months. Well, yeah, of course I'm not going to be there in six months if you're not coming in. You know, mm. I'm not... So my first six months was absolutely devastating. I just, I was like, well, what can I do? What, 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 you know, I had to turn up every day. I still had to do it. I still had my food. I still, and I just had to put a smile on every day and just do it. Mm. And and lots of things happened that six months. I actually caught people telling people not to come in. And, and I had a hairdresser next door, hairdresser, perfect for lunch. He told his staff, not one of them were allowed to use me. Uh, and it was like that. But then the six month period tied and it was like, oh, she's still here. Don't know how, I mean, I used everything to keep open. I was not mm. going anywhere. Don't, mm. you know. So I lasted those six months and stuff got better. And um, it was quite interesting. And then I was suddenly invited to things and, you know, and stuff. And then the, and then suddenly the pub opposite me decided to do breakfasts because I did breakfasts. Uh, which was fine. I didn't mind that. But he was offering breakfasts with a free pint mm. in the evening. And I can't compete with that. Uh, but he shot himself in the foot because he had to give so many free pints in the evening. So that only lasted two months. So I hung on for two months. But sadly, I didn't get all that business trade back because mm. I think they were embarrassed to come back to me. So I didn't get I lost my business trade overnight yeah, because well. he was offering a free pint. And some did come back, but I didn't get completely. Anyway, cut a long story short, it, it was it was brilliant. There was amazing stuff that happened there. Um, I met some lovely people, um, some business, they turned around, but it taught me, it taught me a lot that even though you're a female with your own business now, you're financially independent, you, your own business, you said it yourself, men still will not take you seriously. And it was, it was a, t- and I thought, right, okay. And then what happened was, is I kind of did it to prove I could, in a way that I could run a business, so I did it. And I'd always had a dream. My ultimate, ultimate dream was always to be a fashion designer. Always, mm. always. My grandmother was a, uh, a dressmaker. Mm. But for one reason or not, at 16, I couldn't go to college for one reason or another. And so when I thought, okay, I did the, cl- did the shop for two years, proved my point. Yeah. yeah it's there. And by then it was 94, so we were right in the heat of the recession and like everyone was having a real problem. And I thought, actually, I've done it now. I can do it. And I'm not very good at nine to five. Sorry, people that do nine to five. I actually admire you for doing it. I'm not very good at mm. nine to five every day. I need yeah. new challenges. I once it. I've learned something, I'm one of these people. Once I've learned something and I've done it and I put it in practice for a while, I'm like, next, what can I do now? What, what's in it? I need to, I need to challenge myself. Yeah. 
So I thought, well, actually, if I sold up, I'd have the money to go back to college because obviously by this time I was 27, I'd have to pay for it myself. Mm. And obviously two years at college, full time. I, I thought if I'm going to do it, I've got to do it full time. And I thought, right, okay, so I do that. And I kind of a little bit of a, a little bit up, you know, to the, to everyone that gave me hassle of my business. And I, and I don't, some of them sadly had gone by the time I sold because of the recession. And I don't yeah. wish that on anyone. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I really didn't. But I actually sold my business within six weeks of the asking price in the middle of a recession. Yeah. Which and is really I just thought, you know, you know, just because I, I had a good business, I stuck it yeah. out and I had a good business. So then I went off to college. Simple as that. I thought, right, done that. When, and the funny thing is about my business is that I didn't tell anyone. I was living at home with my parents and I told no one it was on the market because I knew my parents would be looking. And I came home one day really early and my mum was like, why are you home? What's happened? I went, I've got a job anymore. She's like, oh, what do you mean? You've got your shop. I went, no, I haven't. And she nearly collapsed. She went, oh. what? And I went, signed the paper, so I sold it. And they had no idea because it happened also. I didn't expect to sell it in six weeks. Yeah. Hoping to it. And I didn't expect to go literally in six weeks. And she was like, what have you done that for? <laughs> it was quite, she was like, she just didn't know what to do. She's and it nearly got to pay. Well, wait till your father gets home. And I was like, Mum, I'm 27 years old. Isn't I? <laughs> what do you mean? What are you going to do? You're going to simply ground me. But she was like, oh my God. And then she was like, oh, right. Oh, okay. Now what are you going to do? It was really quite funny. So that was, um, so that. So then I went off to college and stuff like that. So, and then fashion. But when I come out of that, I didn't go straight into fashion then either, really. Um, it, yeah, life takes weird turns, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. You get so, sidetracked. Yeah. 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 So um, I ended up, this is really weird. I ended up in a relationship and um, I ended up buying my old tea rooms and post office in the village I grew up with, again, on a kind of a whim. Mm. Um, did that and we, I, I had done a couple of properties up and we were selling one and we we're thinking, right, where are we going to move to? And I just opened up the paper. This is so me. This is so me. <laughs> I opened up the paper and I went, oh, look, my old village tea rooms and post office is for sale. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> I've just finished. But I love that. that. I love that you trust that gut instinct. I love that you've mm. got that in you, that, that you can run with that. Yeah, I just did. And I, we made a meeting to go and see it. And the ironic thing was, is when I went in and they were in their 60s when I was a child and that was my post office but it was the same people <laughs> and I walked in they remembered me they was like oh my god how's your mum and dad and I was like they're in their 80s and I, mm. I mean I didn't expect it to be the same people and they were so lovely and um actually to be fair the post office had been closed two years by then because sadly this is horrible absolutely horrible they were raided and they beat the old man oh, up no. and they couldn't reopen after that and that oh. is shocking I mean how he lived after that I never yeah. knew but Bless his heart. And so I was really going for the tea rooms. So I thought, I'll go back to that. I don't know why, when I just mm. under fashion. I don't know. Right, it's one of those things. And I was standing. So, where, so first of all, I just opened up the paper and see it for sale. Then I go along. And then I'm thinking the tea rooms, no problem. It had three tea rooms. It had 55 covers inside and another 40 out. So it was a really quite a big deal. Yeah. And then I'm standing and he said to me, actually, Caroline, he said, can I ask a favour? No, I'm what's that? He said, the village really has missed its village post office. Now, apart from being a customer, I've never had a post. I've never worked in a post office. I went, oh, I said, yeah, that is a great shame, isn't it? Especially as it's a real proper little community village. Yeah. And he said, yeah, he said, would you open it up again? And I went, yeah, all right. You like a challenge. 
<laughs> oh my goodness, was that a challenge? Because what happened was, in one respect, and this was our uh, uh, early 2000s, and at the time, the post office were actually closing rural post offices. Mm. It was So if one closed because, sadly, what happened to the couple that I bought from, the raid, mm. it wasn't a big deal. So there's I'm suddenly knocking on the going, actually, excuse me, I want to reopen a rural post office. And they were like, no way, no way. And so then I had to fight them, go, well, yeah, I'll put my own money in. You know, I'm setting mm. up, you know, I need the post office, they're technical. Yeah. So that was another thing. And then it was in the listed building and we had to upgrade. And that was another thing, another fight. And um, yeah, so that was, you know, so we got it open. So anyway, we got it open, everything. So tea rooms, tea rooms got open, got the post office open first before the tea rooms. So, cause that was important to the village and the tea rooms. So we got the tea rooms open and it was great. You know, it was a proper little tea rooms with bone china and homemade cakes that I made. Um, my mum was my manager and we had jars and we were really part of, you know, a part of the community also is the fact that I grew up in the village. So people actually come back to see my mum. My mum was yeah. a massive asset in those tea rooms because mm. everyone remembers her. And my mum, my mum's a darling. Everyone loves my mum. You meet my mum. I remember when I used to, when I was modelling, I also used to do film and TV. Mm. And in Tunbridge Wells, it'd be like to my mum, oh, you're Caroline's daughter, aren't you? And I went, I was on, um, I, I was a regular on Noel Edmonds' um, house party. And I remember going into the BBC studios one day and this guy comes up and he goes, and this is, this is what my mum, because my mum worked in theatre as well. Both my parents worked in theatres and on the caretaker and cleaner side. Mm. And this guy come up to me and went, you're Dawn's daughter, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. And usually it's her way around. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And he went, hey, guys, 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 this woman. This if you're ever at the Assembly Hall in Tunbridge Wells, oh, you've got to check out our mum. Our mum's ace. And it was Aww. really lovely. I'm in BBC Shepherd's Bush, you know, yeah. to do Noel Edmonds. And this guy's telling the whole crew that if you ever do a job at Panto or anything in Assembly you've got to check out Dawn, her mum. Her mum's the best, you know. That's and it was so really, lovely. It was, it was. It was just, I was quite choked. And it was like, yeah. and then, and I was like, it was just so funny for me to be my mum's daughter instead of my mum being my mum. Yes. If you see what I mean. It's yeah. it quite interesting. So, anyway, so that happened. So, so I had the tea rooms, everything was going well, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, was in a relationship. We bought it together with um, the guy I was with at the time. I did all the businesses were totally mine, totally mm. mine. We just have to live the property, but the businesses were completely mine. And sadly, after 11 years, relationship didn't work mm. it happens mm. uh we we're both it wasn't one or the other it just happened yeah. nothing happened like that so how old were you at this point late 30s i was 39 right yes it was 39 39 well just before my 39th birthday roughly mm. and i was like it was both but it was it got to that point when there wasn't one thing it was just one of those things we both knew it but neither of us would admit it yeah, you know, I think that's that very situation. common. Yeah. yeah. And one of you has to be brave enough to admit it one day. Mm. I didn't expect the fallout that happened, but, you know, admit it. And uh, my decision come, I was in the shower one day and I was so depressed. I was so down. I was like, couldn't tell anyone because everyone thought we were this fantastic. We lived in this village with this beautiful house, with this business. We had, it, yeah. you know, we had everything going for us. We'd like, you know, but between us, it wasn't good. It just mm. wasn't good. But when we knew that, but, and yeah. one day I was in the shower and I had a massive clump of my hair come out and I knew, I thought through stress, this is alopecia. Mm. I thought, and I've always had long hair yeah. and it came out of my hand and I stood in that shower crying thinking I have two choices here. And this is my split to sit this one. Like I said, I either lose the man, or I lose the hair. And I thought I'm not losing my hair for anyone. Mm. 
and that is, I'm not joking and that was it I mean it had gone beyond and, and I had been toying in my head how do I approach this subject we're not happy we need to move on how do I approach it and it was seeing that amount of hair in my hand going I only have two chooses the man or the hair mm. and my hair's staying yeah and then I was the one that approached it and oh my goodness even though he wanted to as well did he become the victim? Mm. Did he make everyone's they're making thing? I was the one that leaving. Oh, it was how so I was hard. the nasty one. I was how dare I? I had his friends phone me up going, come on, can we talk about this? How devastated? I said, it's not devastated. It's already he'd already signed up for a dating agency. Oh right, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was like, oh, she's left me after eleven years. Everything we've been. And I was like, no, that's not what. Ha- come on, be fair about it. Mm. Anyway. So we had this property, we had everything, I won my money in there and everything. And there's lots of one very stupid, stupid legal reason why um, I wasn't legally entitled to anything, anything. And um, so at 39 years old, I lost my home, I lost my business, I lost my money, I lost my friends, everything. 39 i've been working since 16 years old yeah. i'd funded all my businesses myself i funded the properties that i'd done up myself everything and suddenly i was in this situation where i had hitting 40 with nothing absolutely nothing um my de- oh let me take my debts you know you love me yeah. something you know? that's nice yeah it was nice well to, yeah. no to be fair if they're my debts they're my debts aren't mm. they you know your credit cards are your credit cards yeah. um and all i had was my personal belongings literally took nothing from the house and uh, my personal belongings my car i had to get a new a different car because we had yeah and and that was it and at one point it was like i couldn't even go home to mum and dad's because they didn't have room at the time then my brother had moved back in whatever hmm. i had approached the social to see if i can get on the waiting list and they went not in the cat in no way hmm. you put your name down but yeah. i'm Every, I'm the lowest form on the bottom of the list. A woman told me, I am female, mm. I am uh, childless, and I am um, uh, not in dining, anything. She said, actually, a single male would get a property before a single female. Gosh. Well, that was quite fascinating. Yeah. And she said that. And I went, okay, fair enough. And it was just about to get to the point where I was sofa surfing, 39 years old and sofa yeah. surfing. And you strike me as somebody that is, you know, from listening to your story, you've always been very positive and, and mm. taken decisions really kind of reactive to things mm. very quickly. How do you pick yourself up from that, though? Because that's a lot to deal with. That's mammoth. It, it was, because also it wasn't just that. It was, it was people's attitude to me. I suddenly didn't have the money. I suddenly didn't have the car. I didn't have the house. Mm. So it wasn't just losing that. It was losing identity as well yeah and i had to keep hold of that identity and it was a complete like right how can i put it losing everything wasn't my fault in any shape form or whatever it wasn't but i'm also not going to be the victim losing everything wasn't my fault getting out of it is down to me yeah my situation i was in had i was completely innocent to how it happened i had nothing to do with it and i thought i have two ways here i have a sit and feel the victim oh my god look what he's done to me mm. slag him off to my friend everyone and like that and i thought no 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 no. i've now got to get myself out of this situation mm. and it took a lot of the things i had to do um and it took me seven years seven years to pay off all my debts mm. 
seven years to actually have money in the bank and seven years before I could actually decide to have a job that I wanted to do or something yeah. I wanted to do because at the time you did jobs yeah. and at the time trying to get a job was hard because he was bad mouthing me around I lost two jobs um because that's the thing sitting as I live in a small community and everyone thinks they know everybody don't they but um, yeah. they, they, the word of mouth is is everything in a small community it's really exactly big. And I refuse to badmouth him because I'm not going down to that level. I'm not going down to that level. He knows and I know, deep down in our, you know, old age pensioner days when we're sitting in the care home, he knows and I know that he threw me in the gutter. And that's quite how it was. He threw me in the gutter. And ironically, when I met him, he was a recovering bankrupt. He got to that stage through me. This is, you know, and I just thought, don't go there. Don't go there. So what you do, you work. I didn't sign on. Mm. I did not sign on. I thought that's the other thing I'm not going to do. This is my issue. No one else's issue. Not society's, mm. not the taxpayer. No one. This is my issue. If I have to go cleaning, if I have to go waitressing, I will do it. Mm. And that's what I did. Also, I was lucky at the beginning of the 2000s, credit cards were doing a lot of 0% interest transfers. And if you play the game right, you can do it with no paying interest. Mm. Even if I was using one card to pay that monthly, for a while I did have to really like tighten, like the debt was there, it had to be paid. But obviously as long as you paid the monthly um, minimum, yeah. you didn't get added interest. Mm. So even if I took cash from one to pay the cash the minimum on that one, it was still, and the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing, the one thing, I lost everything, absolutely everything. I can't even begin to tell you what I lost. Mm. And the one thing I knew I couldn't lose was my credit rating. <laughs> I knew to get back on my feet eventually, the most important thing down the road when all this is over would be my credit rating. Yeah. And I had onto my credit rating like no one's business. It was the weirdest thing to think of, but that's what got me through. And it, it was just realizing that this... <sighs> You didn't put yourself here, but you and you alone can only get yourself out of this. Mm. And I think that, and actually it's weird at this time we're in right now with this pandemic. And sadly, sadly this year, so many people are going to be losing their jobs and their homes. Yeah. And they are going to be in a very similar situation that I was, you know, at 39, 40. And it's hard. It is mm. hard. But you have to, and you have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice. Mm. Like going to a pub with my friends. I told them not to buy me any drinks because um, I couldn't afford a round. Mm. And pubs aren't allowed to refuse you a glass of water. The mm. only way I could go out with my friends was I had a glass of water. And that was it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been allowed to go out. I couldn't do it. I'd walk. Everything. Every ounce that I could save a penny but still try. And that also helped me. I had to find ways to still be... Uh, still have parts of normal life, like going to the pub with them. Yeah, and keep those connections with people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the ones that did stay friends, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, so it was, it was ways like that. I mean, there were so many things I did to get out of it. So mm. many things I did to get out of it. And, and also keep it all legal, yeah. <laughs> you know, all above board, all legal. But my main thing was I'm not signing on. It's my issue, my problem. And I need to keep my credit rating. Mm. But it, it's, it is soul destroying. You do things that you don't want to do or you never thought you'd have to do. Um, but you've just got to keep. But every time that that bet's going down, that down, and it's hard. Seven years is hard to live with yes. the debt and live that way for virtually seven years. It got better by probably a year, four or five. It got a little bit easier, but 
you know but the only way to get through it is you you have to stick to that plan and get through and i'm afraid and i am very it, it's worrying that i know over the next year or two so many more people yeah. are going to be in that situation and if today this interview just with this that's why i kind of told you my story it's not so much to tell my story and what i did is to say i know we all know in the next year or two this is going to happen to a lot more people for totally different reasons yeah but again not their fault and mm. i think everyone has to remember that as well mm. you know whatever happens to you in the next year because of this pandemic it wasn't your fault mm. it has nothing to do directly with you yeah. But you do still have the power, even when you feel completely and utterly powerless, you do have the power to get yourself out of it. It will be a lot. I'm not going to sugar the pill. Mm. It's going to be a long, hard journey. And there's times when you you want to buy that cappuccino. You want to buy that magazine. You, 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 you want, but you can't. Mm. You, you can't. But it took seven years. But then here I am at 50. Yes. Doing what you love able finally at 50 to turn myself into a fashion designer yeah and then at 52 it will stop because of the pandemic but that's another story <laughs> but it will continue that's, so yes. what, what point did you have that moment where you thought actually i am going to return to the thing that i've been passionate about all my life since a young girl i am going to make this work so what point did you make that decision right i would say at um right something really random happened that uh, an ex-boyfriend from my 20s suddenly sent me an apology after 18 years for the way he treated me 18 years beforehand. Oh. Actually, yeah, completely out of the He remembered my birthday. He sent it on my birthday. He remembered my birthday. That's dedication. I know, I know. It was like, shock. 2013, I suddenly get a David Bowie CD in the post, which, you know, anyone knew that birthday, I would have wanted it. It was the black star on the new one he bought out for years. And, and, and a complete apology. And I was like, wow and at first i was like oh my god and he was like you know it wasn't a very good breakup it was a 20s breakup he hadn't grown up and stuff well he still hasn't but there you go but he hasn't grown up and stuff like that you know it was one of those things and at first i was like shocked and the letter wasn't for me to get in contact it really wasn't it, it was a genuine heartfelt oh my god i found out later he was going for a rough time and somebody said to him to help him get out of a rough time when was the last time he was truly happy and he said the last time I was truly happy was when he was me oh. and he blew it and that made him write the letter and then somebody said to him why don't you get it off your chest obviously she's probably married kids and all that business now mm. 18 years later why don't you at least say that so at least you said it yeah. and so basically cut along so sure I said he did and I wrote back because basically I wrote back because one, he didn't say why he dumped me so dramatically and for no apparent reason. And also, to be honest, he spent 15 quid on me. He bought me the CD. He put it in the pub. You know, he, that doesn't I'm happen. Thank him. I've got to at least thank. So yeah. I did write back. Luckily, he had a return because he did it recorded delivery to make sure I got it. He had put his return address because hmm. in the letter was no contact. Hmm. So that was really handy. So I sent it back. Anyway, so we ended up getting in contact. He phoned me. Um, we went through why it was, what it was, and then spoke about our lives. So the, that come on the 18th of March, the CD, and my birthday was 23rd. I got that. I spoke to him um, two weeks later, and I came, and he lived in Dorset, where I live now. He lived in Dorset. So that come, and then, so on the 18th of April, so the 19th of March was the first time I heard from him all that time. 18th of April, I um, decided to come down here to Dorset to meet him mm. um, because once I found his, he was just stupid, stupid 27 year old yeah. lad, you know. 
And my friends were going, oh my God, oh my God, why are you going all that way? You know, you should get him up. And I went, no, Tommy Wells, and I don't want to know him. I, I can't get rid of him. At least Dorset, I can say I've got the long 150, yeah. you know, mile drive back, you know. And they were like, okay. So I came down on the 18th of April, 2013. And we got engaged on May the 26th, 2013. That's amazing. You do and just follow your gut instinct, don't you? <laughs> so, anyway. And then on, and we got married two years later on the 18th, the first day we met up, 18th of April, because it happens to fall on a Saturday two years later. I then moved to Dorset from Thomas Wells. I grew born and bred Thomas Wells, everything mm. I'd done in Thomas Wells. And I moved to Dorset three days before my wedding didn't live down here before and I'm down in Dorset and so I've had to give up everything I was doing in Tunbridge Wells and it was like now what do I do you know I'm suddenly here suddenly you know back on my feet all my debts have been paid off everything and I'm back on my feet what do I now do and I had a bit of money in the bank and stuff and to be fair it was Nick who told me I said why don't you just do your fashion he said just what you've always wanted to do and I was like actually you've got a point there and he said no just just do it and I was like, oh, bless your heart. You know, he said, just, just do it. And I was like, okay. And I thought, well, okay, I had a little bit of money, but not enough to do full clothes. Yeah. So that's why it's accessories. Mm-hmm. And now, funny enough, coming out of the pandemic, I'm going to do more clothes. The pandemic, yeah. like for a lot of people, made you think and stuff. Mm-hmm. And basically that's how it was. It was him. And, and then it happened. We were discussing it at 49, 39, 49. Actually, that's ironic. I've just realized that was 10 years after losing everything. Yeah. I never thought that before. Yeah. And obviously yeah. my 50th was coming up. And I thought, actually, do you know what? Yeah, why not? So that's when, and that's why also the business is called 1968 Accessories, because obviously you was born in the 50 and that's it. Um, and so that is how I've gone completely from oh, being homeless, and I was homeless, to mm. no money and no help, to suddenly being able to set up, um, you know, my business as a fashion designer. And I have to say, my first year was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I was over the moon. This time last year, you wouldn't believe the events I was booking in for 2020. (laughs) But hey-ho, hey-ho, you know, we've all gone through it. You've just got to trust that process that it will get back to to what it was at some point. That's it. And, and as you said, you know, I am a woman, like I, I think I put my brief about walking the Southwest Coast path. That was done on a whim as well. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just one of those people, you know, but I don't regret what I'm doing. They, they might not necessarily be the outcome you wanted. Mm. And some of them haven't. Obviously, I didn't expect mm. to take two months and be in the situation. Yeah. But I haven't regretted one of my flip the coin decisions. Yeah. I've never yeah. regretted one of them. Never. A lot of people really struggle and put barriers up for themselves about decisions because of the fear, fear of failure and fear of things going wrong. And so what would you say to them? What advice would you say from your experience of, of just going for it? Uh, one biggest thing, I think you never regret the things uh, that you did. You only regret the things you never did. Mm. And I think, and I'm always a great believer in, okay, you want to do something, right? Yeah, it's hard. It's out of your comfort zone. You've never done it before you might have to train for it um yeah. no one believes you can do it because the interesting thing virtually every stage of my life no one thinks i could do anything mm. quite interesting mm. um and i just think you have to sometimes think okay where do you want to be in five years time and i think that is the biggest thing yes you're fearful now you're fearful now but actually if you put everything in place research i'm a great researcher right everything i do now a lot of people think i talk off the cuff and i do to a point but I don't tend to open my mouth until I've done my research on things because also in between all this, I've also been a borough councillor and a road safety campaigner big time. Yeah. And you know, which led to press and stuff like that. But 
again, I spoke on the subject when I, uh, you know, I know that. So yeah. really research what you want to do. You don't have to tell anyone. Keep it to yourself. Mm. I think that, and I've always done that as well. Like I told I, no one about my shop or anything. I think, first of all, because I think what happens is, is when you want to do something, and it could be a sudden light bulb moment it might be not like me my dream from a child want to be a fashion designer i didn't know i was going to end up with i never thought i was going to be a postmistress i just yeah. said yes you know but i think first of all what i'd say to people where other people say discuss it i say don't discuss it because you don't want your mind filled with other people's opinions mm. yeah because yeah. other people's opinions can be important but they don't live your life they're not ones living your life they're not the ones that go to bed at night yeah. and have to sleep it's not it's not their life that you will be living. Yes, they can. So I do think you kind of need as much research. Speak to maybe people you don't know who are in that field that yeah. you want to go into that yeah. don't know you. But I would get as much information together, much as knowledge, work out, have a rough workout how you're going to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect before you start to mention it to your nearest and dearest. Mm. Yeah. Because I find mostly nearest and dearest try to put you off. Yeah, because it's because it's coming from a place of, of fear again, and yeah. they almost want to protect you from from failure. And actually, because there is, they're putting that assumption on them because of their own insecurities about making decisions like exactly. That. It's not it's nothing to do with what you're planning to do. It's actually about how they're feeling about what they're doing quite often. So and that's really that's good my, advice. And that's my point. You see, yeah. it's not their life. Yeah. And I do think we do. We have to be very careful to not reflect our life on mm. other people's lives because yeah. we are not the one that has to go to bed at night and sleep. Yeah. You know, and mm. that's also what I look at. Can you sleep at night? Mm. How do you? Are you worried what people think? If you talk to people and it's on your mind and it's not, then do you know what I mean? It yeah. just interferes. It just interferes with your process and, and go with your gut. Mm. I think I kind of proved that I kind of <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I love that about you. I, I, I just literally, I mean, literally, you could say something to me now and I go, do you know what? That's a great idea. I'm going to look into that one. Or I suddenly get, or I see something go, actually, yeah, why not? Why not? And, um, you know, my mum, my mum's a great supporter because she's obviously had me for 50, nearly 53 years. And she's like, oh, she actually said to me once, it's hilarious, it's hilarious. I come from a very normal working class, typical background, nothing, you know, both my brothers and my sister had the typical leave school, have a job, get married and have kids, nothing more that. And I'm the yeah. best aunt in the world. I have the most amazing nephews and nieces and I am, I'm their aunt. I have hugged the crown for the best aunt in the world. And they've done that. So there's me. And my mum has sat there. And I've caught her looking at me and going, oh. And she goes, I'm sure I took the wrong baby home from the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand it. And she's always supportive. Don't get me wrong. She's yeah. like, you know, whatever you do, yeah, that's yeah, fine with me. Because, you know, you know. She said, I don't get it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. And she said, I sometimes wonder if you you are actually mine <laughs> and it's it's that you know it's, it's quite it's very amusing um so i would say to anyone who has a either a burning ambition or just because they are going to have to change their lives from what's happening mm. there's going to be an awful lot of people that have had years of experience in a certain career or a job or do you know what i mean yeah. and and over the next year are going to have to look at something completely in utterly different yeah. because the jobs are not in that sector or there's too many people going for that job in the sector and actually maybe that will really give you the advantage of a job as well 
because some people will want to take somebody who's fresh to learn their ways instead of old ways so maybe that is also an advantage and i would just say to anyone right now there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of free training Mm. on the internet Mm. and if you're just toying at the moment and you haven't got the money or you don't want to spend the money at the moment which is fair enough i I mean i advise anyone at the moment keep your pennies at the moment you know where you can Mm. because we don't know what the years ahead and somebody who's lived in debt believe me i I, yeah i i know how to live like that and i know what now now i advise people to start holding back a little bit um but look at what you want to do google everywhere there's so much free training yeah and if you do a few you get enough from each of that free training to give you enough before i don't want to do anyone out of work and if you can afford to sign up for their courses in a good course go for it but first get as much free training as you can use your library that's a free source and the information from books are more authentic than you get on the web because you've got to scale the web a lot to know the information you've got is authentic yeah. and books still legally have to have authenticity about them mm. so still use your library get your books make your own little plan feel comfortable in yourself that yeah i think this is a route i want to take before you start discussing your nearest and dearest and then mm-hmm. don't lump in it on them like I, I i tend to lump it on people by the way i'm doing this tomorrow you know by the way i've just bought <laughs> business by the way i'm just going to walk 630 miles of the west coast health wealth um yeah we're just going to do that um you know i'm that type of person but partly because that's me and partly my friends know and they kind of expect that of me so it's not unusual but if it's not normally your character start dropping hints like if you see something on the telly relevant and go oh that'd be quite interesting just so it starts in their head because if you suddenly drop a bombshell that you're going to change your life totally or career totally the first thing they're going to say don't do it yeah and all that confidence you've started to build up wanting to do it will be shattered straight away straight away you'll be like oh my god i was wrong I've just spent two months putting it, I'm wrong. That was what will happen. Yeah. And, and as you said, Rachel, you're right. It's only because they're worried for you. It is true. But that's not how it makes you feel. You'll yeah. suddenly think, no. Then you start doubting oh. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, straight yeah. away. And you don't need that at that yeah. early stage. So I would suggest do as much insert yourself, as much inner, till you feel comfortable enough that I want to do the next step. Hmm. and then start dropping hints and like leaving pamphlets around you know just do yeah. that and then slowly build up and at the time you still about and then go actually do you know what guys you know we've seen that you know and then approach it like that and then there's you still probably get whoa i don't know but it won't be such a definite no way you're not doing yeah. that and obviously if you're in a couple no matter what type of couple you are if you're in a couple that you obviously there is you know considerations and compromises and if you've got kids as well. So I think that's another reason you don't want to worry them unnecessarily. Um, you're going to do a complete life pivot um, without having enough information to actually put them at ease as well. And go, look, 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 okay, I know you're worried and worried. I understand that. But actually, look, I have looked into it and like just start in this. Do you know what? So you've got evidence yeah. to prove to them instead of just going, you know, not like I do and just go, yeah, yeah, I'm just doing that tomorrow. I but you look- have showed us, you have showed us though that, that, that you know you can get yourself out of really difficult situations and you can yeah. overcome these hurdles and you can create the life that you really want to live that's that's an amazing way to to, to end the story because it's such oh, a positive up notes how can people find you caroline on social media well on social media um you can find i have an instagram um this uh it's 1968 accessories is the fashion one but for a general one is images red um because i love red <laughs> I love it. Um, so Images Red is probably the easiest one with just the basic everyday stuff. And thank Brilliant. you very much. I appreciate that. And um, uh, yeah, 
and just good luck everyone good luck yes but so my last question my last question that i ask all my guests because women are notoriously bad at accepting compliments if you were to pay <laughs> yourself a compliment what would it be i'm a doer i'm a doer i am i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a no matter how bad it gets i will get through it and i'm a glass half full girl and I've been told, um, I've been told that enthusiasm is my middle name more than once. And I, like I that. think that, you know, and loads of people said, you know, enthusiasm, that, that, that has been said to me, enthusiasm is my middle name. Mm. And um, yeah, even for the dark days, they do, yeah. You're allowed to have dark days. Can I just say that? Yeah. Please yeah. don't feel bad on having dark days. Please don't mm. ever feel bad that you're feeling not feeling it or you're feeling you can't get you will have days when you feel this is never going to end but yeah, believe absolutely. me after seven years of everything i've gone through and the little bit i've told you through that seven years we had other tragedies going on that i had to deal with court cases and everything mm. well, i've told you only a tiny fraction yeah. of what i went through in seven years it will end you yeah. might not know the end result and it might be completely different but you will get through it but you have to be tough on yourself you have to just get through and allow your weepy moments, allow mm. your weepy moments and get them done and over, but just don't make yourself a victim. Yeah. You're a survivor. Don't become a victim, become a survivor mm. and take your scars with you. Beautiful way to end. Thank you so much, okay. Caroline. It's been an no, absolute you, pleasure to talk to you and connect with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing how you um, can build your fashion uh, business. Uh, 2022. Yes. Here I come. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Lots of love. Thank you so much. Thank Caroline. you very much, Rita. And lovely to meet you. And you. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Well, thank you, Caroline, for sharing her story with me. What uh, an inspiring woman. And I love the fact that she's now fulfilling her dreams of, of a young girl as being um, a fashion designer to now doing it in her 50s and after overcoming some huge hurdles. And not just that, she had lots of personal, um, other personal situations going on, including family members you know, dying and all sorts that we didn't have time to touch on. And so the, the fact that she stayed true to herself and followed her gut instincts to all of those um, problems and issues that she over, overcame um, really is a massive credit to her and a real inspiration. So just remember, hang in there. If things are really tough and times do get hard, um, this soon shall pass has always been a really great motto that I follow. So please uh, try and remember that. And I hope you found Caroline's story inspiring. I will be back next week with another inspiring woman for you to share. So have a great week. Thank you for listening to Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope you found lots of inspiration and it's left you with some midlife food for thought. How would you compliment yourself? I'd love to hear from you so I can share some love for all you women over 40. Please get in touch. Email me, rachel at outofthebubblepodcast.com. You can also come and join the Facebook page at Step Out of the Bubble. I'll be back next Monday, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>